Welcome to the Flora and Friends Christmassy Mystery Plant Challenge. I am your hostess, Judith Lundbeifelten, plant biologist and researcher and founder of Flora L Design and podcast host of the Flora and Friends podcast. So we are back for our third episode on the Christmassy mystery plant. And today is the big revelation day. And I am here, not just alone, but with me is Melissa. Hello. And Delphine. Hey. So the whole Flora L team reunited for ending the year and for revealing what our mystery plant was. Maybe, Melissa, do you want to recap our five um, clues from the first episode that we had? I would love to. Number one, it's ever so green, even though it may switch off its capacity to do photosynthesis. Number two, its berries and leaves for dessert would suit Easter more than Christmas, given that it may become your last supper. Clue number three. You won't hurt your toe by stepping on its roots, as they are nowhere near the ground despite its sturdy base. Number four, the leaves of this plant hang from its twigs in a similar way as, as people like to hang around this plant. And number five, its lifestyle is contrary to what humans make of it. Yes, and then we had in the second episode the whole and Norse mythology about Balder being killed by an arrow made of this plant. So, Delphine, what's the plant? Mistletoe! Mistletoe, exactly. Mistletoe. <laughs> and we've noticed that it's not really growing in Sweden nor in Canada. So. But it, it, it does grow in France. It grows in France, exactly. So, the German name for this is Mistel. What's the French name? Guy. Guy. Very weird, unrelated name. Like many Is French there words. a Swedish name? That's a good question. Is it Missel? It's often I the think same. it's Missel. <laughs> yes. We should have looked this up, of course, but we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we looked up so many things, but not the Swedish word. Um, and they are part of, uh, botanically, of uh, three different families, which is the Laurentacea, the Misodendracea, and the Santalacea. So there's different ones. And we actually have different ones in Europe as compared to America. So a little bit of different plants growing in different um, other plants. But maybe we go through the different clues now and reveal what we actually refer to. Clue number one. It's ever so green, even though it may switch off its capacity to do photosynthesis. Yes. Why does it do that? Because it doesn't need to. Or <laughs> I would guess, I would be my guess. 
It's actually a hemiparasitic plant. So it's uh, parasitic means it's basically using nutrients and also sugars from another plant to grow. Usually plants make photosynthesis in order to produce sugar so that they can grow and they have roots to absorb nutrients from the soil. They actually use photosynthesis only at the beginning of the life. Exactly. Think, uh, until they actually root themselves in the, in the host. Mm. And then they don't need, they just roll on the sugar made by the host. Opposite of children. <laughs> <laughs> children start out dependent on the parent and then become self-sufficient. But this is self-sufficient first until it can rely on someone else to take care or someone, another plant to take care of it. Exactly. It's a very nice comparison. I think very, <laughs> very good to remember how the mistletoe is so different from us humans. Strange that it stays green even in winter, though, because I mean, this is how we recognize it. Because in summer, you barely see it, but in winter, it's the only green thing you see hanging in the tree. Though it doesn't use the photosynthesis, but it just keeps the energy to maintain the whole thing, which is kind of. It could just be an ugly little brown mm. tissue. But no, it just stays beautiful, green. I guess if it doesn't have to work itself to maintain that green, <laughs> it's yeah. going to yeah just draw all the resources it needs, even though maybe it's not necessary to stay green. It's going to take that yeah. energy and stay green anyway. That's true. Mm-hmm. And the whole fact that it is actually green in the winter and it can even flower in the winter also made it a very magic plant. Um, what I read is that Celtic druids in the first century um, already like were fascinated by it because it was blossoming in the winter and it became a sacred symbol of vivacity and was administered to humans for to restore fertility because it was such a fertile plant. Well, let's not say it worked, but it was an interesting observation that they thought, oh, there's actually one thing that's green, whereas all other plants around, especially they are growing in in leaf trees so uh, this became visible at that time so that's interesting that it intrigued people for so long time and it's still somehow used today i think it's interesting the connection to the druids because i think they really worshipped oak trees in general and oak trees are a host for for mistletoe for sure so they -hmm. would see this and i could Mm -hmm. imagine how someone would think that's a magical plant you know green and surviving in winter but they must have been noticing like side effects though. <laughs> I mean, you, well, you give like a mistletoe tea to someone for fertility and they just threw up and be feeling sick for days. Right. So let's I mean, use that to go into clue number two, <laughs> which was its berries and leaves for dessert would suit Easter more than Christmas, given that they become your last that they may become your last supper. Yes. Yeah, toxicity. <laughs> toxicity of the berries and the leaves. So you cannot get healthy by any way you drink a potion out of mistletoe. But maybe they were thinking it's like a, it, it was meaning it was working. I mean, if you see an effect, if people were feeling like a bit dizzy and a bit not feeling well, maybe they were thinking that's like a, a sign that the potion was actually having an effect, though not the one they were intended to. 
I think it's usually that effect, the dose, dose response effect. It depends on which dose you administer it. And mistletoe is still studied for its medical effect as a medical plant, as many toxic plants where uh, molecules are extracted from in order to try them for possibility to use them in uh, phytomedical purposes. And uh, Delphine, you had found out something about what molecules are in the mistletoe. Uh, One is called tyramine. It's actually a derivative of common amino acids that we all produce, plants and animals, with tyrosine. So that's commonly found in us, but those, as you say, it's, uh, it's what is making it toxic. And the other one, it's uh, called, uh, let me see, foratoxin, which I had no idea what it was. But it seems to be a group of toxin quite common uh, among plants as well. Uh, plants has this capacity of being both good and bad, depending on how you use and the dose you use it. But yeah, it's two toxins that are responsible. And the European mistletoe is more toxic than the American one. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to have bad effects, come and pick some in, uh, <laughs> in Europe instead. <laughs> So that one of the tradition is to actually pick off the berries when you kiss under the mistletoe until there's no berries left. So make sure you dispose the berries in an appropriate way and mm-hmm. not in the side of children who may take them for goodies. Mm-hmm. Okay, clue number three. You won't hurt your toe by stepping on its roots as they are nowhere near the ground despite its sturdy base. Mm-hmm. So I put in the toe clue there for the mistletoe (laughs) that the toe comes from an old English word which means twig so that is what we found out about that but the mistletoe doesn't really have real roots when it comes to that no it's hanging it's hanging quite high actually as well or maybe uh not like it's difficult to reach because because it's often on the oak tree and oak tree have high branches that might be the reason why it's not easy to pick a mistletoe from a tree Mm. maybe can one of you explain what a mistletoe actually looks like for people who haven't seen the plant in the wild it's like a it's like green i think it's looking a bit like a blueberry bush hanging as is like this like very small leaves well it's it's long leaves the blueberries are more like round leaves and they are a little bit longer longer they are growing pairwise on the twigs yeah and then the berries are white White. pretty much transparent Mm. Um, and the whole plant when it's up there to me it looks very much like a bowl it's very round yeah it's very gross form Mm. And then it can also, by growing um, on that tree, it can cause also a modification of the tree, which is called the witch's brooms. So the tree is making lots of short drafted branches. And that's a phenomenon that is not the mistletoe itself, but it's because the plant is attacked by the mistletoe and its growth changed that these also happen to be, but yeah. 
you can see probably both when you look into a tree that has mistletoe growing on it, you mm. will see this modification of the plant itself and the mistletoe bowls. Up yeah, it's crown. a dense bowl. I mean, you see it more by the density than by the color because they're often quite far up, but it's like mm. a dense, a denser zone in yeah. the branch. And it's the, the structure that it forms. It's like a root-like structure that grows through the bark of the branches and then connects into the vascular system where the sugars and water nutrients are transported in the tree. And that structure is called a haustorium. And I found that very interesting. I um, knew more about pathogenic fungi that attack plants and they also make a haustorium so I found I was intrigued that they had the same name but when you look it up it comes from a latin word that uh, the word is haustor and it means the one who draws drains and drinks so the mistletoe and the like bad fungi that grow on plants they they perch their way into that system and drink from the host plant. And that's also why in the long term, that's not so good for the host plant. <laughs> okay, clue number four. The leaves of this plant hang from its twigs in a similar way as people like to hang around this plant. We kind of mentioned that, that the yes. leaves are pairwise. So there's always two opposite each other, like people are standing pairwise under the mistletoe. Some people said that if you kiss, you need to get married. That was one of the older traditions. Other people say if you don't want to kiss the person that you meet under the mistletoe, it brings bad luck. <laughs> but it usually involves two people being under the mistletoe. <laughs> mm -hmm. What but about yeah, the traditions in, in, in France? Yeah, it's, it's like they said that at the beginning was, as you say, it was a, like a druid tradition and people were asked to kiss under for different luck or different marriage but little by little i mean when the christian took over all those uh, old tradition they disappeared uh, but this one still was kept uh, with the time but the only things that were is still present is the kissing for the new year's eve like you have in the u.s and it's uh, just wishing luck so you can kiss wherever you want it's not like a partnership it's just look you kiss for a good luck uh, for the year to come. So that's the only tradition that is left, uh, though it was used extensively for different reasons. Always kissing, but for different reason before. So I think it's, uh, it's the one that is left everywhere. I don't know any other country using it for other reasons than New Year's Eve or Christmas, maybe. Melissa, is it used in Canada? We have always had some in our house as children, like it was part of our Christmas decorations in our family, but we had um, plastic mistletoe because it doesn't grow anywhere near where we live. So I had never seen a real living mistletoe until I was um, an adult living in Europe. Um, so we, But we had a plastic one that hung at the door and we knew the little um, kind of like idea that you're supposed to kiss people under the mistletoe and it's often I think approached in North America you see it in like Christmas movies um, mm. as like a way of like almost trying to kiss someone you might have like a crush on or something like oh I got trapped under the mistletoe with my mm. special person so I have to kiss you now like that's kind of the um, cultural 
reference, I think, that it tends to take on in North America. But is it more for Christmas then? Yeah, Christmas season. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there's, of course, the there's a really famous um, Christmas song. I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus underneath the mistletoe last night. And that story's talking about Santa. So that would be like Christmas Eve, right? Yeah. Um, so talking about kissing under the yes. mistletoe on Christmas Eve. Yeah, but for us, I think is that it's like dissociated now. So you have Christmas, mm. no mistletoe, and then the new, new Year's Eve, the mistletoe is coming. Always have a green plant. So you have the spruce, and then the mistletoe is stepping in when the spruce is just losing the needles and looking pitiful in your in your home. I don't think I have ever met mistletoe in Germany at any person's house. Um, it may be some more like of an imported uh, tradition in some homes, like we have imported Halloween and other traditions from the US. Um, but the tradition seems to be have like really this kissing under the mistletoe has established in England in the 18th century in, uh, in the like among the servants that started this and then it migrated up to the middle class and then it spread to America as well. So it's interesting how these, how these traditions have been hanging around for long, but uh, been um, used in many different ways. Shall we move on to our last? Yes. Sure. So clue number five was its lifestyle is contrary to what humans make of it. Yeah, <laughs> we are closing the loop there, what Melissa has said, how it goes with the humans <laughs> and the children. But I think it's also referring to its parasitic lifestyle, that it's uh, training the partner for nutrients and not giving anything back, as parasitism is. It's not a symbiotic relationship. It's uh, benefiting one side and not the other. Uh, it seems that also mistletoe can parasitize on other mistletoe plants who are then parasitizing on the host tree. So <laughs> there doesn't seem any limit to, <laughs> to the behavior of mistletoe. So next time you kiss under it, you may want to think if, uh, <laughs> why this is so inspiring for us. And maybe that's a clue for how our re- relationships sometimes end up. <laughs> I had another fun fact of mistletoe, and that is a dwarf mistletoe that is primarily growing on conifer trees. That was something interesting that I didn't know that it could grow on conifer trees, so on needle trees. And it shoots away its seeds using hydrostatic pressure at 80 kilometers an hour. (laughs) So that was pretty cool. (laughs) I hope it's small seeds. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. it makes me it makes me think of the the mythology story with the arrow right that seed could have been yeah, like an true. arrow yeah see even there we are connecting the dots with our mistletoe story what is uh, the thing that you relate most to the mistletoe when you think about the mistletoe melissa and Athene? it makes uh, me think of christmas time and kissing so we really have that tradition um, and I do want to say, I really do think the plant itself is beautiful. It really is a beautiful plant when you see it. It's, it's like got a simplicity to it that's really special. 
and um, the translucence of the the berries is just really um, fascinating to me. So I I enjoy seeing living mistletoe when I can. Yeah, for me it's the same as the tradition, though it's not used in every part of France. So it's not like a super popular tradition, but I think watching so many American movies, it's just getting your brainwashed. But mistletoe is the kissing, the kissing spot. Uh, but it, the same with Melissa, I just enjoy, I mean, when I see one, I think it's the, when everything is just gray and brown, I think it's still nice to have this little joyful, yet not so joyful, green, <laughs> green plants showing a little bit. For me, it's really the plant that I remember in the trees. It's, it's always there when I, when I would, uh, go back to my hometown and have to drive there the last kilometers if I have been flying into Düsseldorf. I remember these trees standing along the highway and seeing the mistletoe bowls in there. That's more for me. It's a it's kind of a sign of being home again from Sweden because we, I don't see them here so much. So uh, even though I'm not flying now, but I'm looking forward to seeing the mistletoe at uh, my visit in Germany <laughs> to the end of the year. So uh, that's that's what it more means to me because we have never used mistletoe close by. And I enjoyed also looking at the plant actually now when I looked up more information to see how it looks like in this very nice and shiny berries they are really really interesting i hadn't noticed the berries so much i more noticed the shape of this bowl like yes. structure strange that you're really home with a parasitic being <laughs> <laughs> maybe not the best best connection <laughs> that may tell its own story <laughs> <laughs> that's just nature's way tricking us with beauty and you know outward appearances right yes yes yeah so it's a popular plant and it's around <laughs> and uh, I will say I hope that when you see it now you think about it a little bit differently and maybe the whole mistletoe story including the mythology and the parasitic behavior has given you some new insights into the this Christmas plant that yeah, maybe it's not lifestyle. It's not so Christmassy as we thought it would be. <laughs> Shall we say Merry Christmas with this? Yes. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Everybody. Merry Christmas and a very good year. And the Flora and Friends podcast will be back next year with new episodes. And we will also draw the winner. But now that we are recording this, actually... <laughs> before we can pick the winner because <laughs> the challenge is not over yet. We will reveal the winner in a separate post to that, I think. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Have a lovely Christmas. Yeah, you too. You too. Bye, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.